back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by founding pastor John Ferguson as we conclude our series, The Invitation. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. I want to start off by asking you a really easy question that I'm pretty sure you'll answer correctly. You ready? Okay, what is this? That's right, it's a chair. Uh, Some of you might see abstract art when you look at this, and I can appreciate that, but obviously it's a chair, an empty chair. And what are chairs for? Chairs, yeah, are to be sat in. That's why they are made, for someone to sit in it. Did you know that there are people who go to great lengths to make sure there are no empty chairs? It's true. For example, each year at the Oscars, hundreds of seats are filled by regular people like you and me. Yeah, the producers don't want the camera catching any empty chairs, so chair fillers stand on the sides, and the moment Meryl Streep leaves her seat to go to the restroom, a chair filler moves in to fill until Meryl returns. The whole point is to avoid an empty chair. A whole slew of apps like SeatGeek and StubHub have all been created just to help fill empty chairs, whether it's a chair for a movie, a ball game, or a concert. Everyone wants a chair to be filled. Now, I don't know, maybe you were beginning to wonder if I was ever going to show up. Others of you might be thinking, I kind of like the fact that he didn't show up. I don't want to hear from you, though. (laughs) But my name is John Ferguson, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and it is uh, great to be here this morning. And I got to tell you, you know, when it comes to empty chairs, the, the sight of an empty chair, it's just a little bit sad for me. Sounds like something a pastor would say, doesn't it? In fact, I sort of tear up a little bit whenever I see an empty chair, you know, like sitting on the curb waiting for garbage pickup. There's just something in me that kind of wants to go over to that poor little chair and throw it in the back seat of my car, take it home and put it to good use. Does anybody else feel the same way? Okay, there's a few of us that are strange like that. Okay. And if you've ever hosted an event, uh, you probably understand what I'm talking about, right? Like a wedding reception. I mean, an empty chair represents a lot of wasted time and money. Am I right? Now, I usually ask someone to pick up my name card if I know I'm going to be a no-show at a wedding reception. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right? I don't really do that. (laughs) You're like, oh, this guy. (laughs) But everybody wants chairs to be filled. And why? Because something is missed when a chair remains empty. Like Ian said, you know, we're in week three of this series, The Invitation. And this series is preparing us for the special day next Sunday we call Show Up Sunday. And in preparation for that day, we've been challenging each other to invite five friends, neighbors, coworkers, maybe family members to fill empty chairs. And in fact, if you haven't yet, I hope that you did, like Ian said, grabbed one of these packets. And in this packet, you're gonna find a card and there's a place where you can write down five names. There's also some business-sized cards that have information about community that you can pass on to those people that you plan to invite. But what I want you to do for a moment this morning is just think about for a moment an empty chair near you, okay? Go ahead and take a look around. Maybe it's next to you. Maybe it's behind you. Maybe it's in front of you. Just, Just gaze at that empty chair for just a moment. And I wanna ask you this question. When you look at that empty chair, what do you see? What do you see? A little more elbow room. (laughs) Maybe a place to throw your jacket or a sweater. If it's in front of you, maybe it's like a place to kick up your feet and relax a little bit. Hopefully not. I don't see anybody doing that yet. You see, I'm not sure that an empty chair is ever really just an empty chair. 
I think it's so much more than that. And you know, Jesus told a story that involved uh, empty chairs. And this particular story is sometimes called the parable of the great banquet, but I think it could also be called the parable of the empty chairs. And to set it up a little bit, uh, you know, Jesus is already at the banquet of a prominent Pharisee, and he was a notable religious leader at the time. And so it's safe to say that there were probably some VIPs in the room, okay? And these VIPs definitely thought of themselves as being VIPs because Jesus notices that they all seem to kind of be jockeying for position to get a really good seat at the head table. But you know what? We we probably can't blame them too much. I mean, everybody likes a good seat, right? When was the last time you tried to board a Southwest Airlines flight, right? And usually at a banquet or maybe at a reception, you know, the, the lower the table number, the better the seat, right? For example, if you find yourself at table number 33 next to the bathroom, you know you just barely made the cut, right? You're lucky to even be in the room. Am I right? It's funny. Last month, I officiated a wedding. And usually the pastor, if he's at the reception, gets table number 33 next to the bathroom at the table with the overly religious aunt or uncle that nobody else wants to sit next to. (laughs) Don't act like you don't do that. You know you do. You know you do. But this time, and it's a really nice reception, I got table number one. I looked at the card, I did a double take, table number one, this must be a mistake. And I gotta tell you, I I walked up to that table with just a little bit of a swagger. I'm the table number one. (laughs) So I can just imagine you know these VIPs almost like speed walking and kind of elbowing their way up to that table to get the very best seats. And you know, in Jesus' day, uh, banquets like this were a huge part of the culture. And being invited to one uh, was significant, not only because you now had plans for the weekend, but it also meant you were um, included in the community. Uh, You enjoyed a certain level of importance. I mean, it meant that you belonged. I mean, these types of gatherings, I mean, they, they reflected status. If you were invited, you were an in the end crowd. And you know, I would guess that most of us have had a similar experience. Maybe you walk out to the mailbox or however you get your mail or in in your um, inbox and your email and you you open it up and it's an invitation and you're like, oh wow, I actually got invited to that. I didn't didn't even know I was gonna get invited. It's kind of a surprise if you were honest and getting that invitation just kind of made you feel even a little bit better about yourself, right? You've had that experience. So in the middle of this banquet full of VIPs, Jesus tells a story about a banquet. And here's how it goes. And here's how he tells it. Follow along with me. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married. I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they'd said. Uh, His master was furious and said, okay, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, well, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full for none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. All right, so a man prepares a feast, a banquet, 
Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of a feast, but I can't help but start to think about maybe like prime rib, garlic mashed potatoes, asparagus, and maybe like peach pie for dessert. Does that kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about here? And I don't know what this host prepared, but no doubt, I mean, it had to be awesome. And he spent a lot of time and effort planning and preparing for it. And these original guests, I mean, they weren't invited last minute. As a matter of fact, in Jesus' day, when you received an invitation for a banquet or an event like this, you would get one invitation that was almost like a save the date kind of invitation. You know how you get that for weddings now and you oftentimes it's magnetized. You put it on your refrigerator so you remember that date well in advance. You mark that on your calendar. That was the initial invitation. And then on the day of, after the preparations are made, they go out again and say, okay, we're ready for you. It's like a second invitation. And so the people in this story had replied yes to the first invitation, but when the second one came, they made excuses. And so you can understand why this host was aggravated. He made all these plans based on the fact that the people said they would come, and now they say they're not coming, they're making excuses. But you can also probably guess that this story Jesus tells isn't a story about simply a fine meal in danger of going to waste. No, Jesus is using this banquet as a metaphor for the kingdom of God. And God is the host. And he's extending an invitation to come and be a part of his banquet. A banquet that means inclusion into a new kind of community. A community of love and grace and forgiveness. And see, God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life to be full. See, God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life filled to be full. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have life abundantly, a full life. And that's exactly what God's invitation is here. And as God calls people to the table, the excuses begin to roll in. I have to inspect the field. I just bought oxen. I just got married. That last one makes no sense to me. What newly married couple isn't looking for a free date night? So the in crowd turns down the invitation with excuses, but the host is determined to fill every single chair. And so he sends his servants out and says, okay, go out and invite the out crowd. And remember the context. Jesus is telling this story within the context of what would be considered in that day, the in crowd, right? And so he's being not so subtle and he's sending a message loud and clear to them that God's invitation is to a new kind of kingdom and everyone is invited in his kingdom there is no in crowd and out crowd there are no haves and have nots there are no first class and second class everyone is welcome you see some people look at the Christian faith and they want to say it's exclusive but no the kingdom of God is radically inclusive Jesus invites everyone And sure, Jesus wants these VIPs to take a seat at his banquet for sure, but the truth is most of them want nothing to do with it. But you know, God will not be deterred. He continued to send his servants out, inviting even more of them in. Why? So that his house may be full. So that his house will be full. And here's the big idea for us today. Okay, don't miss this. An empty chair is never just an empty chair. It is so much more than that. An empty chair represents an opportunity. And that empty chair next to you, go ahead and take a look at it again. That empty chair next to you represents an opportunity for a a student to find friendship during an extremely lonely time of life. 
That empty chair represents an opportunity for a couple struggling in their marriage to find hope and healing. And that empty chair next to you represents a chance for your coworker who's striving for success to find real meaning and purpose. That empty chair next to you represents an opportunity for someone to find their way back to God and Jesus. And see, if that chair remains empty, it's a missed opportunity. And that's why an empty chair is never an empty chair. God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life to be full. Now, just think for a moment about the five people that you're thinking about. Maybe you've already decided that you're going to invite to show up Sunday. Do you know how much God wants them here? I mean, think about that. Just think how much God wants them here. And I think this is a good time to ask ourselves, I mean, is there anybody else that maybe you've overlooked? You know, maybe we each need to add a a sixth, a seventh, or an eighth person so that our list reflects what God describes here as a very inclusive kind of community. And maybe your list up to this point doesn't really reflect that. Maybe there's somebody you overlooked for whatever reason that you need to add to your list. And, And just imagine if next week the people you invite here begin to experience the love and grace and hope we can only find in Jesus. I mean, just think about that because, see, every weekend God prepares a banquet right here. And it's a banquet of God's word. It's a banquet of God's music. It's a banquet of God's presence. We even have a kid's table. And it's not like the table that you were relegated to when you went to family reunions as a kid. <laughs> this one's actually designed for you. It's not just leftovers. It's called Kid City. We have a table for students called Stuco, where that banquet is designed specifically for them. And every weekend, these banquets require hours of creative planning and prayer and preparation. And they're designed to bring love and joy and peace to anybody who participates. The whole purpose of these banquets is so that people can find their way back to God. And every weekend, thousands of people across our 10 locations are doing just that. But here's the sad part. Even if you include all the other great churches that are helping people find their way back to God, all across Chicago land, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have yet to experience this banquet. They may be too busy, think they're too busy, or for whatever reason, not interested. And our host, God, he just can't bear the thought of his banquet going to waste. And so he sends us, his servants, out to ask people to join us because his banquet is for all people, young and old, rich and poor, Republican and Democrat, Coke and Pepsi drinkers, (laughs) Cubs fans, even White Sox fans, (laughs) probably not Packer fans. (laughs) We got to draw the line somewhere, right? I mean, I said it was inclusive, but I mean, let's get real. Maybe if we beat him tonight. (laughs) It's a banquet, as we read in Revelation, for every nation, tribe, people, and language. And this banquet can be life-changing. It really can. And so, see, I think we need to start taking the empty seats around us more personally. Think about that. I think we need to start taking the empty seats around us more personally because our, our weekend service is a great first step for so many people to find their way back to God. And so we, we see an empty chair. Let's ask God to help us feel that deep down that someone is missing out on the banquet and then dare to ask God, okay, who is it you want me to include? Who do you want me to invite? Because an empty chair can turn, an empty chair can 
through an invitation, an empty chair can turn into a full life. And you know what? We've seen this happen over and over and over again. And you know, you may have seen this video last week, but I wanted to show it again today because often that life change that we see here looks something like this. Take a look. The thing that I love about this church is that the, the mission statement, this helping people find their way back to God, it's not just that. You can see through the structure and through um, the different programs that we have how we really care about people and how we really do our desire is to help them find their way back to God. That very first Sunday, it was just like, okay, I'm home. And, and that's what we were looking for. Finally taking that step and walking through those doors that day, it, it changed everything. What I receive every Sunday at church is a reaffirmation of God's love. It seemed like a thousand years of sorrow had been lifted off of my shoulders. I found love again. I found joy in my life again. I want to transform. I want my heart to change. I don't want to be paralyzed with fear. I don't want to be the walking blindly thinking that I have everything under control. I just want people to know that there's hope, that there is hope. I know that when life had me pinned to the ground, it was the undeniable love of God that picked me up. It's a community, it's a family. It, it doesn't feel like a church. It feels like family, like home. Your heart is gonna change. You know, your life is gonna change. And I want you to hear something, all right? You can't fabricate that stuff. I mean, this is God and his spirit at work because God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life to be full. How many of you have ever had that experience where you maybe showed up on a Sunday and after it was over or maybe even in the middle of the service, you were thinking to yourself, oh, I wish so-and-so would have been here. Have you ever had that feeling? Yeah, I have. I had, that happened to me actually last week. And uh, see, that empty chair next to you is an opportunity for someone to taste the goodness of God. A couple of weeks ago, I got a text from somebody and uh, they, they shared with me some incredible news that I wasn't aware of until just recently. And they told me that Molly's Cupcakes is actually coming to Naperville. Is that true? Okay, some of you are going, I don't even know what Molly's is. Is that a big deal? Well, it is a very, very big deal. Uh, I mean, you're lucky because the original Molly's is just a few blocks from where I live on the north side of Chicago. Uh, they won Cupcake Wars on Food Network. They are so good. This is me at Molly's. Sadly enough, it was closed. People were wondering what in the world I was taking pictures of at a closed place. It was too late. We got there after they closed down. But, you know, whenever I talk to someone who just moved into our neighborhood, I tell them, you know, you've got to check out Molly's. And whenever somebody comes to visit us, particularly if they have kids, it's an excuse for me to go. And I say, hey, let's go to Molly's. Molly's is awesome. I don't want you to miss out on Molly's cupcakes. If you haven't figured it out, Molly's cupcakes are amazing. They really are <laughs> incredible. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just a piece of cake with some icing on it. <laughs> An incredible piece of cake with icing on it, nonetheless. But I mean, we have something here that's truly life-changing. And simply put, see, we need to include as many people as we can. And what we already know is the best thing that's ever happened to us, and that's finding our way back to God. God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life to be full. And so I want to challenge us in, in two ways, two takeaways coming out of Jesus' story, all right? And here's the first one. And if you have something to write on, go ahead and write this down. The first one is this. We all need to take our own seat at the banquet, all right? We have to take our seat at the table. 
And, and we all, we know we live in a world that, that provides countless reasons to do something other than show up here on Sunday. And, and like the people in the story, we, we make excuses, we do. And yes, our lives are full and we have so much pulling us in so many different directions, but we have to make the intentional choice to take our seat at the table every week. Because each time we take a seat, we open ourselves up to all the good that God wants for us. But folks, that takes some effort. It takes some intention. Uh, A while back, uh, a friend of mine, Matt, was in a a band and that band, before he joined the band, actually rehearsed on Sunday mornings and, and Matt began to make church going a a priority in his life he was very intentional about it he asked the band could we change rehearsal time so that I could go to church every Sunday they sure did they were like yeah we could do that when we first opened up community Lincoln Park Old Town in the city Chris and Lori came the very first Sunday and on that very first Sunday we issued a challenge and told folks you know what you need to make this part of your routine and in order to establish that routine make it a point to be here for the next six weeks in a row they took us up on that challenge and they will tell you that was a game changer That was a game changer. We have to take our seat at the table. That's the first takeaway. Here's the second takeaway. You ready? God is sending us out to invite others in. God is sending us out to invite others in. I love what theologian N.T. Wright says about this. Here's what he says. He says, it isn't enough to say that we ourselves are the people dragged in from the country lanes to our surprise to enjoy God's party, as we read in the story that Jesus told That may be true, but party guests are then expected to become party hosts in their turn. Party guests are expected to become party hosts. Uh, Several weeks back, um, the small group that I'm a part of, uh, uh, we had a a get-together. We decided to go to Pritzker Pavilion for one of the free concerts in the park near the lakefront. And at first, it wasn't clear who was actually organizing or hosting this outing. And so because of that, it was unclear if who was going to show up or if anybody was going to show up at all. You've probably had a similar experience. And so, you know, my wife and I, we really wanted to go. We knew it was going to be a great time. And so we wanted a bunch of people to show up and we just decided, okay, we're going to host it. And as I thought about what happened there, it was amazing how that little mind shift, right? Changed everything for us because we became personally responsible for making sure a whole bunch of people show up. I mean, we we knew it was going to be a great time. We didn't want anybody to miss out. And you see, I think far too many of us still think we're guests and we've forgotten that we need to become hosts. Think about that. I think too many of us still think that we're guests and we've forgotten that we need to become hosts because when I'm a host, I take it personally when there are empty chairs. And a simple invitation can turn an empty chair into a full life. A simple invitation can turn an empty chair into a full life. And I want you to hear this too. This is not about, um, you know, more numbers or filling up buildings. Because remember, God wants every seat to be filled because he wants every life to be full. And as I was thinking about this over the course of the past couple of weeks, you know, I, I remember sitting in a chair like this. And uh, quite honestly, I was going to say there were some great children's ministry leaders. They weren't that great. <laughs> they were just great people good people. And they told me stories of people like Abraham and Isaac and Ruth and Sarah, Peter, Paul, Mary. (laughs) Couldn't help it. 
But they invested in me while I sat in those chairs and probably drove them crazy and it made a huge impact on my life. And you know, it was, it was a chair like this that I sat in too on a Sunday night in my home church growing up. But I actually had to get up out of this chair because we did it old school. We had like this invitation hymn, they called it at the end of the service where you'd walk down the aisle and commit your life to following Jesus and I got baptized. I was sitting in a chair not too much different from this in a church building not too far from where I live right now. And I sat down next to the woman that I would eventually marry, met her for the first time and didn't hear a word that was spoken that night because I was far too distracted. (laughs) And you know what? I, I remember walking into this room too when these seats were just installed and I was praying that many of you would show up and you'd fill these seats. And I didn't know many of you then. You didn't know me, but we were praying for you. I wasn't the only one. Hundreds, even thousands of people were praying that these seats would be filled. And so we're not saying that sitting in these chairs is the only way people find their way back to God, but it is a way. It's a great first step to help someone on that journey. And so let's not let any chair set empty. Let's not let anything that God has prepared go to waste because a simple invitation can turn an empty chair into a full life. And so as we wrap this up this morning, if if you would just kind of go there with me and just think about the people that you're planning to invite. And if you would just imagine them sitting in that seat, maybe next to you or somewhere else in this room, maybe you can even kind of picture them leaning in when they hear something that speaks to their heart. Imagine them feeling something that maybe they've never felt before when they're led in worship. Think of the difference that it could make if they could experience the love of God in Jesus, maybe for the very first time. You see, an empty chair is never just an empty chair. And a simple invitation can turn an empty chair into a full life. Let's pray. Father God, God, we come to you today and, uh, man, we're grateful that at some point in time we sat and filled an empty chair. And for many of us, it was life-changing. We've never been the same since. And so God, I would just ask that you'd help us to take seriously the commitment to take our seat at the banquet that, you know, week in and week out, you have something you have prepared for us. You want us to hear, experience, and feel. God, help us to recognize that you send us out to invite others in. And so, God, I pray for next Sunday. I pray for the weeks that follow. God, I pray for the preparations that are being made, the invitations that are being extended. I pray, God, for the folks who are going to be invited. And right now, I would just ask you, if you would, in a few quiet moments, to pray by name for the folks you're planning to invite. You can go ahead and do that right now.